evening and welcome to another edition of Football Bloody Hell. On the show tonight we've got Ricky Hyatt, Paul Thorpe, Tony Pounder, Adam Davis, Ian Welsh, and Little Olme. Sit back and relax, and let's have a little bit of good old football banter here on Three Valleys Radio. Well, good evening. Welcome to another edition of Football Bloody Hell. Uh, sadly, Hilda's not with us again today. He's uh, got some nasty tubby bug that's going around, so he's... Uh, not feeling too special, so you have to put up with me conducting the uh, events this evening. So first of all, let's just say welcome to everybody. First of all, Rick. Hi, Rick. How you doing? Uh, doing good, thank you. Evening. Evening, everyone. Thorpey, before I say hello, Thorpey, how are you? Um, there was an advert in the Western Gazette today about um, 500 job lot of golf balls. I just wonder whether they've been any good to you or not. 500 golf balls? I yeah. probably need them all. Yeah, 500. I thought that'd be enough for you, wouldn't it? Oh, nowhere near enough. Uh. <laughs> probably were yours at one point, weren't they? They probably were all mine, actually, yeah. 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 I, expect, I expect the bloke who found it was lurking around the golf class last Monday. Um, uh, absolutely. Yeah. Ian, all right, mate? How are you? Yeah, hello, I'm good. Are yeah. you all right? Yeah, we're all fine. And uh, Adam, all right, Adam? Evening all. How are you doing, all right? All good, thank you. And finally, Mr. Tony Pounder. Good evening. How we? Good evening. How are we all doing? We're all okay, more or less. Um, got a, a variety of things to discuss today, but uh, uh, I thought very briefly for Messrs. Hyatt, Thorpe, and Pounder, uh, since you weren't with us on Monday, uh, just just a quick uh, rerun of the uh, the two uh, signings that Yeovil have signed. Your thoughts, please, gentlemen. Um, that's Reese Morgan, uh, yeah, Reese Murphy, I should say, not Morgan, and uh, Josh Hours. So, um, do you want to start, Rick? I expect you can remember um, Reese, can't you? Vaguely, I just, I'd rather than be specific about it, it's just nice to see that things are are moving in that direction, and hopefully they're the players that the manager wants, and rather than get players that he's not so sure of foisted on him. So, yeah, it's just good. I mean, uh, Martin Hellier alluded to it last week and uh, he's come good on it so uh, so that's all positive as far as I'm concerned Thorpey your thoughts well I think the uh, the obvious one is the striker so I mean that that's um, having, having him back um, we know he's he's a goal scorer and uh, that can only be good for the team as long as we give him the service um, again I spoke to Martin at this at the cricket uh, on Monday night uh, also on Friday and um uh, he was alluding to meeting some other players as well, and he seems to have got those over the line. So, uh, it reiterate really what Rick says, and 
and that, that he's he, he's been good to his word that he is actually supporting the manager in getting the players that he wants so that we can hopefully have a really strong season um and get into those places where we can you know really look for either automatic or playoffs this year i i did a, a quick interview with reese uh, on saturday and he was reiterating and i'm sure you can the need for uh, a, a full pre-season to have to enable you to have a, a, a really good season. Would you concur with that? It's absolutely imperative. Uh, any successful side, you know, uh, uh, when the manager's in place now, uh, is to have a really, really decent uh, pre-season with all the players there, so that they can not only get the camaraderie going, the fitness together, working in the in the you know the heat that there's going to be over the next uh, few weeks. But also, uh, you know, uh, doing the drills, you know, the set play drills, the defensive side drills, you know, the, all the boring stuff that people don't see, uh, so that they, they all know and understand what each other uh, are supposed to be doing in their certain positions. So, absolutely, it's imperative they all have a great preseason. This year, more than most, the preseason friendlies are going to be very, very key to the success of our season and seeing how he's going to play. Um, you know, the different parts, the defensive side of the game and towards the attacking side as well. I want to see a lot more crosses going into that box um, and the play. Um, I know as I go on about the commentary, so much people are bored of me and saying it, but the way the ball is moved around the pitch really nice and quickly. But yeah, excited. Uh, Tony, what do you think about it? Uh, well, Reese, obviously, big fan's favourite when he was here um, a few years ago. Um, obviously, he's the wrong side of 30 now, but he doesn't lose that natural goal instinct, which I think we've been crying out for, for the last four or five years. Um, if he can keep himself fit, like we said, we referred to a good pre-season behind him. He, he gets the service. He's going he's gonna to score goals, which is um, a sure thing, I think, with him. He's a natural predator. Uh, I'm not too sure. I don't really know much about the other chap. Uh, is this one from Notts County? We've been released. He was. He came up for, with, with. There was two of them from Bristol City. Uh, came up last season, if you remember. Oh, who, which one is that? Uh, Josh Owens on loan on loan oh. from Bristol City last year. All right. What's the what's the one I was seeing in the paper, talk of or on Twitter? Somebody's been released from Notts County. We um we hadn't. We, there's a new one that's come out or has been released this afternoon, which is Jake Hyde, which we also spoke about on Monday. He got released from Wrexham, but has joined us for at least a year. Yeah, he's joined, has he? Hmm. Well, that's good. So that's another one then. So I mean, you know, it looks like Mark Cooper's getting them in early, which is important, as we've just said. So uh, long may he continue. Yeah, the other one is the transfer is uh, Jamie Sendlers, the defender. Um, Captain Welling United, uh, vastly experienced. So, and he's also been at Torquay United as well. So that's uh, another decent signing. Absolutely. Well, let's move on to our sort of scheduled chats and things. I'm going to start with a boring old uh, international game, England against Malta. Um, <laughs> I can hardly wait for it, really. It's uh, you know, it's really uh, exciting stuff. But um, uh, what do you think about it, Rick? Are you looking forward to it? And do you think there are any signs in the England team as to uh, the way we're going to play? Uh, as much as I look forward to any international fixture, at least it's not messing up the Premier League programme this time. 
Mm. There's no games for it to interfere with. Uh, it's just whoever's the fittest, I think, is going to play, probably. Whoever's got the most energy, look lively in training this week, because I think most of them are uh, dog-tired, because it's been a long, as the cliche says, it's been a long old season, hasn't it? Do you think he'll play the England, England? Uh, the, sorry, the the, uh, the Blue Menace team players? The Saudis? The uh, Abu, Abu Dhabi lot? Um, I don't know. Depends if they're still hungover or not. Mm. Well, that rule out to um, Jack I Grealish. I that um, Jack Grealish is going to be doing anything for a couple of months. <laughs> <laughs> He's been enjoying himself. Just a little bit. It was, if you remember when... Do you remember when we won the Ashes in 2005 for the first time in ages? A certain Mr. Freddie Flintoff. Yeah, getting, yeah. Getting off, getting off the, uh, the coat. I think it's a similar <laughs> sort of state. <laughs> Falling off it. Yeah. yeah. He'd probably be left alone. He's probably got a headache at the moment. Do you, do you know what? I, 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 with, with regards to that, I, I just like, I love that. The fact that he's normal. He's like a normal yeah. person who's, who's had the time of his life. They've done the, you know, the treble. And... Um, you know, literally, he's gone. I'm going to enjoy myself because, like the, reg- the regimented uh, bit of the season for them, they've got to be absolutely squeaky clean, mm-hmm. and they've they, they've eventually got over the line. You know, and um, you know, and he's actually got to let his hair down. I actually think because it, it, sometimes I always wondered where the next character was going to come from, like because it was too far too robotic yeah. for me, and uh, I like to see that little bit of character coming through, and uh, I, I wish there was more more like that. Who do you think, in particular, uh, Tony, is going to stand out in the front line for uh, for England? I mean, obviously Harry Kane, presumably, but uh, there's a few others that could do. What do you think? Not a lot. Not really interested in it. <laughs> no. um, it's. I just think, why are we having games this time of year? We've got to be sad. Like, like I say, Man City's just gone on a won a treble, and we're in the middle of June. They're going to go off there. Well, they're going to be there for 10 days with them. they got two games, haven't they? Friday. Yeah. yeah. When's yeah. the next one? North Macedonia. I think that must be the Tuesday or Wednesday the following week. I so, think. another 10 days. They're back pre-season, 1st of July. They're going to get literally two, three weeks off. Yeah, get three weeks I, off, isn't it? I just think it's crazy. Absolutely crazy. But, um, they're, like I say, are they qualifiers? Is it qualifiers? Yeah. Yeah. Actually, it's not Wednesday, that. Tone. It's Monday the 19th of June. At Old Trafford. Gates. So Friday, this Friday and the following Monday. Yeah. So they get what Friday, Saturday, Sunday, three days between the two games. So you and me, Tony, uh, we're um, we're commentating on that one for Free Valleys, aren't we? All expenses paid. Is that Hotel right? The lot, isn't it? I, I, I I'm know. sure that's right, isn't it? Oh, I don't know. I didn't... Up at the Old Trafford. I hadn't heard. No, I'd do the away one in Malta. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah, well, that's what you're saying about the forwards, like I say, obviously Kane's a, a natural. He's going to start, any. Um, then I don't know who else is Rashford gone or is he pulled out? No, no he's, he's as there. far as I know, he's there at the moment. The front line he's... is fo- or the players available are Foden, Grealish, Harry Kane, James Madison, Marcus Rashford, uh, Saka, and Callum Wilson. <coughs> so well, I think funny, he's. Yeah. Uh, He's actually said that um, he's not going to play any of the five-man City, are they? They're going to be available for the second game. All right. Because uh, I think they basically only... Did they meet up last night, i seen? They they were called to the English squad last night. So, I don't really give them much time to play Friday. So, they'll be looking for the Monday game, I think. Yeah. He so, could play Kevin Phillips. Adrian's mate, Kevin Phillips. He hasn't played a game all season. 
<laughs> the thing, thing, the thing is, though, you're you're not far wrong, really, because like, really, realistically, looking at this Malta game, if we couldn't beat them with our fourth side, yeah. why are we playing the likes of Kane and all the top players anyway? We could possibly get an injury when the real, the big, the bigger game is the Macedonia game. So why don't we just go and put out our second string? It gives them a chance to look at all the players, even down to the keeper, you know. And um, you know, we got Pope there. Give Pope the game, you know. We got. You know, give Callum Wilson a game, give Madison the game, like you know, and all those players because then they get an international game game experience, okay, against a lesser nation, but it's still an international cap for them. And I don't understand Sam why we, we risk our high level players when we can quite easily win this game. Um with, with probably our fourth side, like you know. Do you think they're gonna likely pick Declan Rice with the possibility of a transfer hanging the right over him at the moment? Why not? Well, only the, the, the fear of an injury from his point of view. Yeah, but Gareth Southgate's not going to worry about that, is he? No, nah, but the people like with that class that he should be able to walk through a game like this and um, and still, you know, still comfortably for me win the game. And uh, I think that because uh, I mean the years gone past when they used to go out to Malta and play on the red class, which was an absolute nightmare for an international game. They've got a, like a, a hybrid grass surface out there now, so. Is a mixture of like you know uh, artificial and, and, and normal grass, which isn't too bad. So uh, I don't understand why we, we we should be worrying about that and probably get one or two up and then keep passing the ball around and make it an easy game for ourselves, like you know. Ian, you're keeping quiet down the corner there. What do you reckon about it? I'm just enjoying listening to four feet and pounder. Really, mm. um, I don't have a view on it. I think they're pointless. They're only off. Me and you both. <laughs> But, uh, cannot think of anything worse than tuning into Channel 4 watching England play. Mm. Having well, a phone conversation with Fat Harry is. <laughs> <laughs> I, I tend to block that one. <laughs> <laughs> Button your lip, Tone. Button your lip. <laughs> Adam, have you got any words of uh, uh, wisdom regarding this? Uh, these two fixtures? I, I always have some words of wisdom, whether it's relative or not, is entirely different. Um, I think I think the overwhelming, I think the one person that should get a cap uh, is probably Eze because he he's never mm. been in an England squad before. Mm. There's been a lot of nice uh, videos that come out on social media in the last 24 hours or so, just showing he seems a very calm, composed, and very humble individual, which is which is very refreshing as as much as. Uh, Grealish antics on one side of it is refreshing in some way. Eze being as lovely as he is has also worked. Um, simply put, a game like Malta, getting one cap to him will mean the world. It's it, it has to be treated as a formality, really, from an England perspective. So so you're looking at Madison, probably, who doesn't often get in the England side. Calvin Phillips, Eberechi Eze, yeah. um, and Mark Gurhi. I think he's in the squad as well. So the Crystal Palace centre back. Yeah, it's yeah, it's Thorpey's right. This this should be treated as the equivalent of an England third string or fourth string. It's and 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 establishing who are good depth options for the Euros campaign next year. That you know they will be able to do a job if required. Um, but they aren't the backbone of the side. We we already know what that looks like. It's been that for the last two, three years or so. Um, no need to risk them yet. Well, no, you wouldn't have thought so, but I just, you know, it's interesting to talk about it, even though most of us are totally bored by the whole subject, really. And, uh, to be honest with you, these games that have to be played, you know, no matter what you say, that they're in the, the fixtures have come out, they've been drawn. 
we've got Malta, so we've got to go away and we've got to do a job, we've got to be professional. But I do not, I, I'd like to go out there and see the most expensive bench, you know, in history for England and then let the other lads try and prove to the manager that they can actually do a job at international level. Now, it might be against the lesser side, but they still have to be professional. They have to go out there and represent England to the highest standard. And that would mean, be, you know, going out and, and getting early goals and then putting their stamp on the game and really showing what you're about. Because then the manager then would have more uh, nonce has to go, you know, in the Macedonia game. If something happens, somebody gets injured, all of a sudden he goes, what's the name of a decent game? He knows what he's saying. He looked good in the setup I wanted. He knows what I want out of him. And then he could just slot in straight away. And he'll get valuable 90 minutes um, of football at international level. And, of course, Harry Maguire is still in there. Still hanging in, is our Harry? Well, you know, for his career, I think that um, it's been well documented that, and, and most of the hierarchy of, 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 of like, anybody who knows anything about football uh, have, have all said the same. That I think a move for him would be a really tremendous, you know, because he'll be getting first-team football and it would reboot his career. We know that there's a player in there. He just, I think he's had just a torrid time um, and a lack of confidence at Man United. Tony, do you agree with that? Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, it's, um, well, sorry, Maguire in play now for how many games for Man U? Oh, I don't know offhand, but the last ten, game he actually played, ten or, um, ten or twelve, I suppose, something like that, isn't it, Rick? But um, obviously he's going to be fresh legs, and he he likes him. Danny Gareth he seems to pick him all the time, yeah. Even when he's not yeah. playing for United, so I think he's going to be. We like say, I mean, Kane's going to be a stonewaller, um, but like I say, he's, I don't think he's going to have too much to do against uh, Malta. So hopefully we keep a clean sheet and move on from that till Monday. Yeah, I think I think this year's um, transfer window is going to be quite interested in that there are certainly a few fairly high-profile players likely to move. I mean, one one has moved already, and it is confirmed today that Bellingham has in fact joined Real Madrid for 113 million, which is uh, quite a bit of money, isn't it? Six-year deal. Hmm. Six years. Yeah. Christ. He's he's actually pulled out the England side, hasn't he? I don't know, is he? I didn't think he was in. I'm sure he's ain't. Well, he's over there because I saw him on the TV, but whether or not he's, you know, just there his to watch. Brother, his brother's just signed for Sunderland as well. Yeah, yeah, from Birmingham. Really? Yeah. Yeah, because they're on about retiring the number 27 shirt for Birmingham. Uh, so I think they both played in it. Um, i just seen it on Twitter earlier. Wow. Another uh, good move for um, him. Can anybody come up with a, uh, what shall I say, a, a surprise transfer that nobody's spoken about yet that could suddenly happen that you sort of think that would now that would be a, a good move? Is there anything, anybody got any that would sort of spring to mind, Adam? Well, un unexpected transfers that would be quite nice. So I, I hear Mbappe wants to leave, so I think he looked quite good in green and white. If that's what you're after, Aidy. Well, not necessarily <laughs> in green and white. I was thinking more red and black, really, but um, or red, white, and black. But um, whether that will happen or not, I don't know. I don't know. But um, you know, he's... we should, with his demise, we should be able to afford Harry Maguire now, should we? Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Get some game time. <laughs> Have you His last Mark? game time, in fact, was Fulham. 
Have you have you chatted up Martin to see whether he can afford him or not? <laughs> well, the way it's going, it won't be long before we can afford him. No. Mm. I mean, what about Yao Felix, for example? I mean, he, he was really touted, wasn't he, beginning of the season. He's ended up at, um, where is he, Chelsea. And Chelsea. Um, quite clearly, uh, Diego uh, Costa, no, what's his name? Diego, Diego, come on, help me. Simeone. That's the boy. Uh, he clearly doesn't rate him any longer. So, um, you know, where do we see him ended up? Because I suppose at the moment he's had to go back to Atletico Madrid. It's, I think it's one of those players that it's an attitude thing, or at least it comes across as an attitude thing. Um, Simeone sides are very commonly expected to be high-pressing, aggressive, uh, willing to win the ball back at all opportunities. Felix isn't one of those players. He's, he's so much more technical than that. It's um, very individualistic, which, again, I thought he'd do quite well for Chelsea. Got himself sent off in the debut. Well, that wasn't particularly smart. And I think that kind of set his time at Chelsea sort of relatively well from there. Yeah. Um, I think he he's probably priced himself out, or someone has priced him out on his behalf, because he'll be on very, very high money at the <laughs> It was, you know, equivalent of record deals when he when he moved from Benfica when he was about nineteen. So, yeah, I think it'll be a difficult summer for him. And if he does leave, I think it'll be on a loan with an obligation to buy a bit like um, what it was with Chelsea, albeit that was a that was an option to buy, which even Chelsea have not been mad enough to take him up on. Yeah, no, he certainly seems to be overpriced, doesn't he? Because I mean, they were talking about hundred plus. Um... For him, and I mean, I don't think he's worth that sort of money. No, but it'll be to recoup as much as they possibly can because I think they paid something like a hundred and ten odd to get in there in the first place. What do uh, you boys think about Mason Mount? Mm. Especially the Man United boys. I, I, I was going to say, go straight to the Man United guys. So. Yeah, Rick smiling in the corner there. Go on, Rick. You go for it. It's not the sexiest signing in the world that you want, but. If it's a player that Eric thinks can do a job, then I'd be happily happy to go along with that. I can see, you know, Fred or McTominay, one, maybe both of those being shipped out. Mount moves the ball. Ericsson's legs look like they've gone since he's had his injury, since he got assaulted by Andy Carroll in the uh, in the FA Cup. So uh, he's not looking the player that he was at the start of the season. So it would be a sensible, a sensible transfer, unlike Mbappe, which would be a horrible signing. Because it would also mean that the Qataris had probably bought the club off the uh, the dreadful Glazers, and that means that United are on their way down the toilet. Mm. Oh, I'll come back to that bit in a minute. Um, well, the, if, the, if we... Chelsea have re- Chelsea have rejected a bid of forty million from Man United. Mm, well, I'm not surprised well, they want eighty. Chelsea want sixty, don't they? So they'll probably settle around the business. Settle around fifty. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because yeah. apparently talks have gone on between United and Mount, and the contract's been agreed. So it's just. Which always used to be the bit that came after you agreed with fee with the club, but um, for some reason it goes about the other way about face now. But his days at Chelsea look like they're over, and uh, he's uh, yeah very probably on his way to United, which I think would be a sensible sign. Wouldn't you prefer to get right um, Declan Declan um, Royce? Declan Declan Royce. Is yeah. Kevin Phillips. Mate? Don't mock the afflicted. Sorry, I will not. <laughs> I will not mock the harder thinking. Um, yeah, he, he 
potentially be a good signing, but he looks like he's he's on his way to the arse, so, uh, or Munich. So it's one of those signings, Declan Rice, particularly with the end of the season he's had, that he's going to be premium price. And for what United need, I think it would be silly to go chasing that. And, and then after buy, buying him, you'd still look around and say, hang on, we need a centre-forward and very possibly a goalkeeper, and there's nothing left. Because United are doing this silly... This silly thing, you know, they're abiding by the financial fair play rules, which apparently isn't necessary anymore. I, I'm, I'm going to move past uh, Rick's scathing comments, which may or may not definitely be true. Um, weirdly, Declan Rice actually wouldn't be a good signing for Man United because it's one of the very few positions that Man United actually have quite a good player already there in the form yeah. of Casemiro. Now, that's not to say that Declan Rice would make any team probably in the world better because he almost certainly would outside of maybe the midfield of Real Madrid because that's really good and that's still very, very good. But it would seem... I think Man United have started to turn a corner in terms of its transfer strategy compared to five years ago where you don't want to stockpile one particular position and then wonder why it doesn't work. So Ed Woodward Wood would, would have him and he would sign in for £150 million right now. Precisely for, is an idiot. For, for commercial reasons, the commercial reasons. Exactly. Whereas, yeah. whereas Mount actually does add something different. Everyone's talked about prior to his injury, that Ericsson was very, very good. He looked, I, I quite liked Ericsson in a Man United shirt when he was fit. Um, Mount is a very similar style of player and has the best part of seven or eight years on him. So, uh, again, surprisingly strategic and surprisingly well thought out. Because if, if the thing about it I like is he's following Ten Hag's philosophy. And if he was after De Jong for that long last summer, there are similarities between Mount and De Jong more so than a player a player like Declan Rice. So I would, ju- I would just say, for once, just back the manager and get the players that he wants, not the ones that are going to sell shirts in Asia. Well, there you, you know, go. The other thing, Paul, Paul's you, got his hand up. So uh... Yeah, I'm just, I'm just going to say, when, when you actually look at the, 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 the Rice signing... Everybody just labels him as a, as a holding role midfielder, like, you know, defensive midfielder. Well, actually, like, the, the guy can actually play in both positions. So if you're actually looking to strengthen Man United with Casemiro there, who better to, to, to have in front of you than, than Royce and Mount? Young, energetic, you know, they can give the ball to, to, to Casemiro, you know, and literally just feed them and, and, and then get them supporting them or get the ball early into the, to the front man. You know, and then they can pay, can work off the front man. You know, it's um, I I think that that for Man United would be a very very exciting yeah, and a very is, though, worrying. In your last sentence, you just said, and then and feed the front man. If you buy Declan Rice, that really hampers your opportunity to get a front man. I, I disagree. I disagree. I, I think that. Well, who would you get then? There's probably if you if you're going to say if you're going to go big on Declan Rice, United are talking about about 150 million that they've got in the budget to spend before shifting players on. How much does that leave you to get a world class centre forward? 150 million. Then with, with with the extra money you're going to get from your shifting your players, which we know you can easily do, you know, um, then I think that you can you can afford you can afford the lot. And I certainly think that with Real Madrid, if they get all the players they want, they would have broke the, uh, these uh, rules tenfold. Well, talk, so talk, if you can't if you can't beat them, join them. 
Well, that's that's perhaps one of the one of the issues we've got to talk about. But um, we don't. I'm going to rule Rick out of this one because clearly I, I know his feelings and uh, um, I don't agree with them personally. But the is rest that why you're ruling me out? Yeah, that's why I'm ruling you out. Because I don't agree with. Okay. Um, but the, but the rest of you guys, um, we've had this a, a false start. This well, yesterday I think it was that they reckon that uh, Sheikh Jassim appears to have won the contest to be the preferred buyer. Um, however, it's suddenly been a reversal of that today. Um, as things stand at the moment, uh, e each of you, who do you think's gonna who who do you think's gonna end up winning the, winning the game, as it were? I'll start with you, Tony. I, I think he's won it. To be honest, I think it's a done deal. Um, I think the one with the Ineos fella, um, Ratcliffe, would have still they would have still been on board the Glazers. I understand him because he wanted fifty-one percent share. Was that? Yeah, that's right. So the Glazers would have still been involved in there. Um, I like the man. Like I say, I like the company Ineos and that. Um, got a wealth there, um, but I would like to see them buy it outright, because uh, they're big Man United fans as well, I'd have been great with them, but um, I still don't agree with having the Glazers involved at all, I want to see them completely out of the system, um, I, I think the only, only way you're going to get them out of the system is um, with this um, Middle Eastern company coming in and buying it. Mm. Okay. I, I, I've got to admit, I totally agree with Tony there, because one is getting the Glazers completely out. Two, I, I don't know too much about it, but I've heard he's clearing the debts. Yeah. And also he's putting money uh, for in, in for the community areas as well. So when you've got somebody who's prepared to do that, now I understand, you know, uh, Rick's got his feelings that, but when you see him doing that, then I think that's a massive, huge step forward in the right direction. Um. The, the money that he's paying for the for the actual club itself is so over and above what they should be paying, but he's prepared to pay that money and also clear the debt and put money in into community development. Well, I think that is, to be fair, listen, I don't really trust any of the owners because they they're all seem to be this. It seems to be going the way that it's going to be global stuff like you know countries own this. This man has got, you know, 28 billion or whatever it is. It's ridiculous money floating around for these football clubs now. Um, and it seems to be going the American way uh, with all the baseball and American football, um, uh, you know, uh, consortiums. But you have to say, consider what you had, Rick, compared to what you, you possibly could have. It's got to be a massive step forward. Ian? Anything's a step forward from the Glazers, but it's morally abhorrent it's morally there's there's moral things going all around the world which we can't do yeah, anything about you know, have to and, join in with it you know but I, and i'm not saying I, I you know agree agree with all that but as regards to a footballing status as regards to him buying the football club forgetting all the politics and what that you know i think that the, you are actually getting a football club now going to be owned by somebody who's got where you've now got no debts which makes you financially more viable to be able to spend more money on players, um, if they're prepared to put stuff into the community and also into youth development and bringing players through, then I think that 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 this is a tenfold better than what you had before. Ian, what do you think? 
That's just greatness thing, isn't it? Um, yeah, it's, it's an interesting one. I'm not sure where or what Sir, Sir Jim's done wrong, to be fair. I don't, all the stuff that's coming out from his his side, he's, the amount of... It just goes back to how much longer the Glazers going to try and hold on to Man United for. They, they, is, could it be another season? Could it be another pre-season? Oh, what, heaven, what forbid. They, heaven forbid. Heaven forbid. Yeah, I know. We never know, though. That's the problem. We don't know what they're... That, like, if you look around on traffic at the minute, it is a stadium that is completely down and in its dumps. It needs complete... It just needs a lick of paint, mate. It's a bit like Heroes Park in a very small way. It just needs completely redoing, and, and that is because of the Glazers. But, yeah, I'm with Rick, I'm afraid. Morally and ethically, it's just all completely wrong. I don't, I don't know why Sir Jim's been outbidded, but money talks. Well, it does, doesn't it? Adam, your yeah. turn. Adam, your turn. I, I'm with them that I think Jim Ratcliffe seems a more morally it feels more appropriate uh, and I completely agree with you Thorpe in terms of what could someone like Shakespeare bring in he's he said a lot of words he's certainly said a lot more than Ratcliffe or at least his people have a there's no guarantee he's actually going to do it uh, b we know very little about him uh, and I think the the key part of all of it is as much as we'd love to separate sport and politics um, and keep uh, keep football just the love of the game. And, you know, that's, we'd all love that. But unfortunately, as you've rightly highlighted, we're no longer in that world at the very, very top level that they are inherently intertwined. You know, we've already alluded to Man City, but every single club owned at the top level will have political ties in some way. It just happens to be that these guys are just another body of a nation state uh, my main concern about him is the fact that we know absolutely nothing about him do you think uh, he exists because there's only two photos of him and well, he hasn't is, said a word in public this is this is sort of what i i'm not sure about that doesn't necessarily a prove that he doesn't exist but it also doesn't necessarily prove that he's a bad person but it does it does raise a few eyebrows that if you're if you are so wealthy and you are so well connected and you are so powerful how come nobody's ever heard of you? And it's and it's it's just a little bit like I think I'd be more willing to open myself to the idea of him being in charge if we knew anything about him. That being said, nobody had heard of Mansoor before Man City. Uh, very very few had probably heard of Abramovich before he bought Chelsea. It's um it's just that part of the world that Western media doesn't cover particularly in any real detail. So if he gets the club, I'm sure we'll know absolutely everything about him. It's um, for me, uh, Ratcliffe feels a better choice, and I think the reason he's been outbidded is he's he's more of a businessman. I would say, Jasim is he has links to royal parties. You know, he he didn't go from the ground up. Not saying Ratcliffe necessarily did, but um, Ratcliffe is inherently a businessman, and will notice that they are massively overpaying for it. And eventually, I think he he's more willing. To, to pull the plug. To him, I think it'll be, yes, he's supporting the club he's always supported, but it is still a business decision to him. If you link the politics back into it, Jasim, there's a lot of greater value outside of money that will take for him to own Manchester United. But of course, there's an awful lot of um, criticism of Jim Radcliffe's handling of Nice which he owned, as you probably know. I mean, I, I mean, I don't know what the criticism basically relates to at Nice, but they seem to be 
moaning about the fact that they haven't progressed since he came in and you know made a lot of promises and he hasn't kept them sort of thing so you know he's not totally without uh, uh, criticism shall we say um, no I, I would note though that if those are his main criticisms again I, I'm not aware of them either but if there is main criticisms that he hasn't progressed as much as the fans would like he needs to get in a very very long line of probably every football owner and their relationship with their fans ever yeah. Every every single club has a set of fans that say that. Whether they're right or not, of course, is another matter. So, who do you think is going to end up winning the battle then, Adam? With your finance hat on, as it were. Well, I, again, I don't think it is a finance hat. Well, if we if we if we put the finance hat on, it will be the one that will win is the one that says they'll pay the most money. Um, on that route, it's probably just seen. Um, I don't think you can solely put a finance hat on it. In this, in this, uh, in this example, but do you think there's 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 a bit to be said for you know there's no smoke without fire? Oh, definitely. He's he there's, there's he'll obviously be interested, um, and the Glazers will become very wealthy out of this, um, and, and more importantly, so will the middleman, which are the Rain Group, who are the ones that uh, were the middleman for the Chelsea deal as well. They're they're the real winners here. Um, obviously, I do a lot of work in the world of football finance and. Of what I've realised, the people that are truly most successful in any of these deals are the solicitors and the lawyers. And that will be the same whether it's Man United or any other club in the country. Yeah, true enough. What do you make of that then, Rick? Uh, the Glazers are repellent individuals who will sell to whoever gives them the most money. That's the bottom line. Of it. Everybody, Every day there's stuff coming out on Twitter. We've heard this, we've heard that. Both sides have signed non-disclosure agreements, so nobody can actually come forth with any information. It's all speculation. Like I say, I'm, I'm not even sure that Jasimi actually exists because there's only ever two photographs of him. He never says a word himself. It, Rutcliffe is looking to structure it through Ineos in a business way rather than... People talk about him as if he's some pauper. He's, he's got more money than Abramovich as an individual, so you're not actually talking about a mug here. It's somebody who's, I think he sees the value of it from what, look at, obviously outside looking in, he sees it as a business opportunity as well as being a red and not. I just fed up with people playing fantasy football with proper football clubs. Yeah. I, don't want, I don't want United to become like PSG, like City, like Chelsea. Just one of those. It means nothing. If I was a City fan, as lovely, and I've said this before, as lovely as it is to have the treble, you feel it was a little bit hollow? United's a proper football club, and I think it should be run like a proper football club. If it's run properly, they don't need the money that's coming in. It just The money needs to be going back into football and into the club rather than in the Glazers' pockets. So on just about every level, I don't agree with the sport-washing deal. But at the end of the day, old dog... Um... You got. A, a... I hate this. I hate this. If you if you can't beat them, join them. It's tatty. I think Chelsea, PSG, Man City, they're horrible, tatty, nasty little clubs, and I don't want the club I support to become like that. It means yeah. nothing. It means nothing. But how do you get over the fact that you, you know you want the Glazers out, so therefore, yeah, uh... this hundred percent sell stuff is a load of bunkum because you can only buy sixty-seven percent of the shares anyway because that's what they own. Yeah. But even so, so nobody, the Glazers are still going to be involved, aren't they? If that's what it if that's what it takes to get the club run, 
they would not be involved in a controlling. I don't want them to have any control over the club at all. And if Radcliffe buys it, part you've got to look at the fact that he's doing it as a businessman. And if, as a businessman, his deal is probably worth more to the Glazers because he's solely buying their shares. So whatever figures are being put with the Qatari bid is allegedly for other shares that they have to have other people. So both bidders could have a budget of 10 million. But if 10 million that Radcliffe's putting out is just solely for the Glazer shares, then they ain't going to get 10 million if the scene is having the same, 10 billion, sorry, is having spending the same money on all of the shares, trying to buy them from third parties or whatever. So as individuals, the Radcliffe deal is probably worth more to them. And if having them in a non-voting capacity with a view to compulsory purchasing their shares a little bit further down the line means that you don't become a sport-washing placing for a state, I, I, I could live with that. It's well, not like we're, they're going to turn up every week. They haven't turned up every week when they've been owning the club. So it's not going to make, apart from being words on a piece of paper, it won't make any difference. I just, I don't want United to be a sport-washed club. Thank you very much. Well, nobody's rang me up about my shares. For see, I mean, I'm hoping to get a good offer, but I don't know when they're going to ring up about it. But uh, I hang on in there anyway. Um, Weren't they compulsory purchase when the Glazers bought them anyway? Because it wasn't that part of their deal. I don't know how it works, mate. I'm waiting to see what happens. Um, just staying with United, Jaden Sancho. What do we all think about him? Because I think the last few games he's been pretty dire. Um, Ian, what do you think? Um, I'm I'm amazed that we haven't spoken about any other team, AD, to be fair. Have you not, you're well, new to the podcast, aren't you? Yeah, I am. Yeah. <laughs> this, this is yeah. how it works. Is this how, yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah well, um, Ian, welcome to, uh, Ian, welcome <laughs> to Man United. Bloody hell. I was going to say, that isn't the name on the pod, is it, AD? Uh, Sancho, uh, good player, wrong team. I don't think he's doing very well at Man United at all. And it's not the right. He's not being paid in his right position. He because he's English, we're going to make a massive deal about him. Whereas if he was to move away I, to a different club, maybe I don't know. I could probably see him at Chelsea or maybe Arsenal. So you wouldn't like, have him at Liverpool then? Mm, no, I wouldn't. Nah, someone else can have him. Mm. Not not at Liverpool. Liverpool have too many of that player. Really, Liverpool need to work on some defenders every now and again. Mm-hmm. Tony. What are your thoughts on Sancho? Been disappointed with him. Very disappointed since he arrived. Um, I know he's um, been in the shadow of Ronaldo and Rashford. Um, but I think, personally, the perfect move for him would be Spurs. Um, we're saying again, we've got like the likes of him, Maguire and stuff for trade-ins. Like, we're on about getting Mason Mount. Well, I know Chelsea are interested in Maguire. Why are we not dealings? Why are we not doing dealings like this? And the same with Sancho. Yeah, I agree. Offering offering players plus cash, like you know, then all of a sudden you're saying 150 million we've got to spend. You're saying Mason Mount 40 million. Well, Maguire's got to be what we sign him for 80. He's got to be still 40. He's got to be 40 million. And there's a like for like. I think what's Chelsea asking for 60 million? Yeah. No, 80. 80 million. 80. Yeah, that's what I've seen quoted. 80 million. Yeah, it's actually the one I just looked at on the line was 70, uh, 70 million. Yeah, but even if you say you, you agreed on 60 million, you're going to get 40 million from Maguire. So all of a sudden you got Mason Mount for 20 million. 
Um, you know, the thing is, if you hang on with 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 dealing with Chelsea, Joe, if you hang on long enough, as Adam oh, yeah. said, they've got this end of June deadline for their balancing their books. That they've got there's going to be a huge fire sale the last week of June. Chelsea <laughs> are going to be getting so many players desperate to get them out the door. Yeah. I can see Sancho going there. I can see um, uh, Pochettino liking that type of player. Um, like I say, I just think, um, like we said earlier, it's the wrong, the wrong fit for United. He's uh, not a United player, like I say. I think he flourish at, at Chelsea or Tottenham. He's certainly got something about him. Like I say, uh, Bristol Dortmund, he was uh, like the best thing since sliced bread, wasn't it, when he was over there? And I was I was happy when United signed him, but um, he hadn't hit the ground run at all for United. Um, so I think you know he needs to move on and. Uh, probably further his career somewhere else. Just, just a point about Chelsea. Uh, there's some sad news today that um, uh, former Chelsea player and manager John Hollins has died. Um, I can remember him myself. He, I think he was was he not manager of Swansea, Paul? Yes. Yeah, I thought he was. He did quite well there, yeah. didn't he? Yeah, he, he was. He was a decent manager, to be fair. Yeah, he was. I think he uh, managed Chelsea as well, didn't he? Like for for a time, and um, I, I, I just it's real sad news. You know, he was a fantastic footballer uh, and a manager, and dedicated to a Chelsea football club, but also, you know, um, just a phenomenal professional, really. So I can't I can't you know, praise him highly enough, really. No. And he will be um, he'll be missed. Yeah, he will very much so. I think, but especially by the Chelsea supporters. That's for yeah, certain. absolutely. Um, I can remember him, certainly from being one of the older members of this panel. Um, Harland. How long can Harland keep going at that rate? I know he's only 22, is he, I think? But um, what he did this season was purely unbelievable, really. Uh, and putting aside by Man United uh, colours, I mean, you can't odds the bloke. I mean, he's been absolutely magnificent, hasn't he? 20, uh, 36 goals in the league. 50-odd overall. Uh, unbelievable figures, really, aren't they? What do you think, Paul? Can he keep that up oh, again? In- incredible. Can he keep it up with the deliveries getting? Absolutely. I actually think he's really poor in the last three games. Mm. I think the last three games for, for, for uh, Man City, I think he's been very, very poor. You know, I thought they maybe, you know, the uh, Champions League gave him, you know, with goal drought seven games. Um, I thought that that was going to be the one where he'd come back in, but no, I thought he was really poor again. The man marked him out of the game, and um, maybe that showed a lot of people how, how to play against Haaland. But um, yeah, I think with the delivery he's going to get, I think he's going to have another top season next year. He's young, he's actually ruthless, and um, I think it's worrying for all the rest of the teams the fact that you know the fact that he is so young and so hungry for success. But, but do, you um, think, do you think, though, the fact that, that the last three games, as you said, uh, which were up against good opposition, yeah. um, I mean, do you think now that the, 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 the bigger teams, the, the more consistent teams are starting to work him out now? Uh, that... I think the biggest thing that I noticed uh, from a coaching point of view is, is the fact he's lack of movement up front, you know, and, um, you know, I, didn't, I, I think in the last three games, his movement, was, for me, was very, very poor. You know, he needed to pull these central defenders away from the centre. If he's going to be a decoy, he'd be a decoy out on the wing, and uh, so it makes room for other people. But I thought he's—I thought he was easy to, to me, looking at the high levels that they do and the fitness levels that, that these teams have. I thought he was uh, too static for my for my liking, and um, 
I, th- I thought he was easy to mark. So, um, mm. but yeah, I, I think that um, another good pre-season, more uh, understanding of, of, of the way his teammates are playing and where they're going to put the ball. I think that, uh, you know, he, he, he could, he's going to be another force again um, next season. Adam, Which doesn't look good for all of us. What do you think, Adam? I think your description that it's going to be an abnormal season to have scored as many goals as he did, I, I don't I disagree. I think this is going to be the start of something for quite a while. Will he necessarily be... Will, it, will he get quite as many goals? Maybe not, because, because any world-class player eventually gets found out to an extent. But inherently, if they are as good as they are, and, and, and if his main problem is his movement, that is something that will come with time and experience and... Yeah having the best coach probably out mm. there available coaching him. It's going to be, I think this, we can only see more of the same, really. I think this is, this is something we have to probably get used to for a while. Mm. Interesting. Interesting. What do you think, Rick? Um, yeah, it's inevitable at the moment. It'd be inter- The only thing with City that, I mean, apart from the, subject that I very rarely like to discuss about them. What will be interesting is Pep's come out this week and said that, what's it, two years? Two years. And then he's off to see how they, because everything, a club has been built around his requirements. So to actually see how they move on from that could be quite interesting. And then probably by then Haaland would have moved to Real Madrid and We'll just see how it develops. But for next season, he did fall off towards the end of this season a little bit. And, yeah, I think he'll have a, he'll have a fantastic season. Probably not to the levels that he was up to about a month ago, but he'll have a great season again. He's a great player. Do you, mm. think, do you think Pep's sort of positioning himself now, two years? I mean, <clears throat> we know the lawyers are going to get involved and no doubt be filling their boots. Um, do you think Pep's thinking, well, two years... It might be beginning to get to a head then. I think perhaps it's my best for me to pop off now. Quite possibly. Mm. I would argue that he's not, he's in not theory, an idiot. I was going to say, in theory, it should be nothing of his concern. Uh, again, all the allegations are alleged. Um, I think it'll be that what else is there left for him to have achieved, really? He, yeah. he, the one thing that we sort of held over him was the fact he hadn't won a Champions League with City, despite all, all that they'd done. Well, they did it, they did it well, and Outside of um, winning, what was it the League Cup that they didn't end up winning? What else was there left for them to win? It's um, he he left after Barcelona and had a bit of a time off because he'd been so successful. He probably needed a rest. He'd burnt himself out. He did a very similar with Bayern, and now he happens to be doing it again with Man City. Um, Do you think it would be a challenge for him, Adam, to actually manage a club where the one thing that's always been thrown at people have nonsense about him being the greatest manager ever, which is absolutely ridiculous claim but for the one thing that's always levelled at him is the fact that he's gone to clubs where he's had infinite resources he fell into the Barcelona at a time when they had that midfield and Messi has he really been stretched as a coach working with players of a lower standard could he bring a mid-table team to success without the financial backing that's the one question that's left to be answered Hard to say, um, you know. It's maybe that will be his next challenge. I was gonna. That was gonna be my sort of final point of rather than highlighting what he has done because we've all sort of whether you how he got into that position 
again, fully appreciate that's up to debate. He has gone and done and done lots of many very successful things and has built some very, very exciting sides. Um, where he'll go next? That that'll be the next one, really. Will it be will it be PSG? Could be. be a bit boring if it was. Um maybe he goes for something a little bit different, maybe he goes for Monaco or something like that. Sort of international management, maybe. Or in, there you go, or international management, or inevitably it might even end up being the MLS or something silly like that. Who who knows? Saudi Arabia. There, almost certainly there'll be some Saudi Arabian money in there as well. well it's funny it's, you should uh, mention that, Ian, because has he not got enough oil money already? Um, hmm. Needs to come and get some more. We uh, it's a been, great league, Rick. I've oh, been uh, I've been I'd waiting like for. Adam to have his moment, because I think he's got a little bit of information on this, but um, I've tried to look up what I can about the Saudi Arabian League, and uh, well, can't find that much about it, apparently it's only been going since uh, 1976, I think it is, and um, all the teams have got Al in front of them, so I don't quite know what the significance <laughs> of that is, but uh, I found that much out, and um, but, but Adam has... He's got an untapped resource of information about this, haven't you, mate? So oh, back and relax. We have got seven minutes left. Would you like to uh, enlighten us a little bit about the Saudi Arabian League, please? Because none of it's, us really know an awful lot like about it. You, it. I was going to say, it's like when you tasked me to be like, right, solve every legal implication at Everton and do it in eight minutes. So yeah. um, I guess, well, it'd be interesting with Saudi Arabia because that's sort of been the big thing over the last couple of weeks of, of lots of very high-profile players leaving for lots and lots of money. Um, I think the big most... So the whole reason this has all started is that the uh, Saudi Arabian Investment Fund, who are the same guys that own Newcastle United, have bought the four biggest clubs in Saudi Arabia, um, Al-Hilal, Al-Hitihad, uh, and then two others where my name escapes me. But basically, it's the two big clubs in Riyadh and in Jeddah, who are the two biggest cities in Saudi Arabia. Uh, the idea being that effectively they've been privatised by effectively the Saudi government. Um, and what their plan is, is to increase the profile of Saudi football. Uh, and the long term goal is to make it one of the top 10 leagues uh, in the world for players to go to. A lot of comparisons have been drawn to uh, what happened with the Chinese Super League and also what's going on in the MLS. Uh, the MLS one feels a bit more tenuous. It just happens to be old people going for lots of money, which is probably as far as, far as you can argue with that one. Um, the, the links to China are, are very, very, I think are a lot stronger in terms of there's a call from the powers that be that they want to improve the amount of money spent um, and bringing high-profile sports events to Saudi Arabia. It's the whole reason that there's this big negotiate or the big deal between Saudi Arabia and the PGA Gulf, um, which has been going on in recent weeks. That's come from a big Saudi investment. Uh, it's why they try and bring every major boxing match to Saudi Arabia now. I think Anthony Joshua's fought there a few times. And it's all part of their wider, bigger portfolio of stuff. Their way of doing that at the moment has been bringing in some uh, high-profile names. Obviously, Cristiano Ronaldo is really out there. there Adam, Adam, stop there a minute. Yes. Uh, which 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 teams uh, have got Ronaldo and um, Karim Benzema? Do you know off the top of your head? Yeah. So uh, Ronaldo is at Al Nasser, which is one of them. I think I think it is. 
Uh, and then Benzema is at Al Itihad. Ah, oh, right. Okay. So there's Al Nasser, Al Itihad. Uh, Al Itihad. There's um, another stadium in Manchester. <laughs> um, Was that uh, meant to be funny? Well, I found it funny. <laughs> um, where, where is I'm trying to remember now. Uh, Where's Jordan Henderson going? Sorry. Where's Jordan Henderson going? Oh, I don't know. Probably the probably the same place that Gerard's just gone as of yesterday. Oh, of course, yeah, yeah. Gerard is now also the manager of uh, a, a team in Saudi Arabia, not one of the four teams that I believe have been bought out by the the PIF. So it'll be interesting to see how that one develops. I'm personally not sure about their approach. I'm not sure how these things are going. What I am very interested in is seeing uh, on online some very, I think, very naive Newcastle fans that are seeing this, this as, oh, look, uh, what what could this do for us? Because obviously, you know, they're owned by us as well and they, they care about Newcastle. No, I think Newcastle has just become a very small pawn in a much, much larger machine. Um, and this and it's very scary what it could become. Um, whether that's a good thing or a bad thing, we can't possibly say yet. Um, but the idea that Newcastle will always be uh, the gem in their crown, I think, is uh, very, very misleading. So, can I ask, can I ask something there? So, I thought FIFA had rulings that you could couldn't buy uh, over one club in any particular league. So, it's it's mainly a UEFA ruling. So I'm pretty sure that's the UEFA ruling, which uh, which is only Europe. So obviously yeah. wouldn't apply to Saudi Arabia. Um, it's it's also that there's a similar rule that they aren't technically owned by the Kingdom of Saudi Arabia in the <laughs> same way in the same way that uh, the PSG aren't owned by the Qatari government and Manchester City isn't owned by Abu Dhabi. They just happen to have a lot of the same people in common, um, and and that's from a legal perspective all we can really say. But um, no, it's I don't believe there's anything officially from FIFA saying you can't do it. It's it's often to do with uh, competition. So conflict of interest. So the reason you yeah. have this is in the Champions League, you don't have two teams who are owned by the same person playing against each other. And there could be an argument saying, well, uh, it might be more fortuitous for one team to win this more than yeah, another. Yeah, 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 and yeah. that they suggest that something else could be going wrong. Um, that was immediately got round by the Red Bull group by the fact that they put it under different people's names, but it's still the same family. Uh, and that was and that was OK. That's why RB Salzburg and RB Leipzig can play each other in the Champions League with, with no questions asked. Well, it would be interesting over over there if, if the fifth place, the team that's currently fifth placed at the moment, if they uh, if they win the league, how's that going to go down? Well, actually, that's already been highlighted because there's a yeah. fifth team that are actually more successful than the other four, which is called Al Shabab, who and and they're really not happy by this because it's it's not like they've picked the four most successful teams. As I say, the important context is the fact that gone it's for regions, region. haven't they? Sorry, have they gone? They've gone for regions of the country, haven't they? Well, they, they've, like... they've intentionally picked the two biggest cities, Riyadh yeah. and Jeddah. So. Yeah. It's 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 not from us again. It's it's not sporting. It's not for sporting integrity. It's for it's for something that goes beyond sport. Well, I'm gonna have to stop you there. I mean, I think we all could walk away now thinking we know a hell of a lot more about uh, Saudi Arabian football. So well done with that, Adam. That was a pretty uh, a pretty good uh, 
I, I know you've been doing your homework because we talked about this on Monday, but uh, to come up with that, that was brilliant. Thank you very much for that. Um, well, gentlemen, that's that's it for this week. Um, it'd be interesting. We'll see what we're talking about this time next week because they say a week's a long time in politics, but it's certainly going to be Ian, a, a long Ian, time in football. It will probably be... Um, Adrian's pretending he's making things up, but it will probably be Ban United again. Yeah, it's the same script, isn't it? It just keeps rolling over. Yeah. hundred episodes of the same thing. Change the player's name and change the club. Will they go there, yes or no? Yeah. Wait till an actual signing happens. Well, (laughs) fortunately, Hilda will be back hopefully next week, so um, we can uh, let him wrestle with it then, and it'll become Liverpool then, won't it? So, uh, you know, that's the way it goes, isn't it? So, guys, thanks very much for joining us. Uh, And really, all I can really say now is football... Bloody hell. Have you listened to football? Bloody hell. And it's on Three Valleys Radio.